You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Stay tuned for Gray Matters coming up next. That's Max Richter and his uh, remix of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. We heard a movement from the winter portion of that, which seems appropriate for this last Gray Matters of the calendar year, 2014. And it's hard to believe that the uh, year is nearly over. The year's... uh, do seem to go by quicker uh, the older you get, as my grandmother used to say. The older you get, the quicker they go, and there's no denying that. Uh, sometimes I find myself longing for the days when I had the leisure time to complain of being bored. I uh, guess the uh, flip side of that is that uh, 
I can't say that I've been bored uh, for the last uh, 30 years or so, so that's that's probably a pretty good thing. And, of course, WCBN is part of the reason uh, why I can't complain of being bored, because there's always something interesting to listen to, something new coming your way over the frequencies of 88.3 FM here in Ann Arbor or online. And, uh, of course, there was no sports program today, so... Uh, the website for the New York Times is telling us that a uh, little Michigan sports news here uh, that the university is expected to announce the hiring of Jim Harbaugh as uh, the next football coach here at Michigan. So everybody can get ready to flog their expectations into a frothy paste uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, rather comical and pathetic to see the student protest movement here in Ann Arbor reduced to uh, protesting the university president over uh, lack of wins in the football program. Uh, last time I checked, uh, sports programs were auxiliary uh, to academics. But of course, in the world of high ticket, big business, got to make money. And of course, there is a nationwide trend uh, in declining student uh, participation in uh, spectatorship at football stadiums across the uh, country. Um, younger people really just don't have football in their blood the way uh, folks certainly my age and older often do. Um, so whether or not these people uh, will get sucked into the loop with uh, an improved program here at U of M. Uh, only time will tell. But as uh, students decline to buy up tickets to go to the games, to cheer on their school teams, uh, those seats go empty. And as people become alumni, uh, those people will not be donating money to sports programs. And, of course, as uh, somebody who worked in public schools for Nigh on two decades here in Ann Arbor, I have witnessed uh, a lot of funding changes in public school, and as I've predicted on uh, numerous occasions since football has seen so many troubles culturally, legally, uh, etc., over the past handful of years, uh, football, as we know it, appears to be dying on the vine. At least the Lions have made it to the playoffs, although they did not uh, pick up that win yesterday against the Packers. Um, now they must win in the playoffs. And, of course, the Great Lakes Invitational is going on today. Uh, Michigan, uh, who have a very fine hockey program uh, under the direction of Coach Red Berenson, uh, will play Michigan State tonight for the Great Lakes Invitational Championship title. And that game is probably on TV, so uh, that will be an entertaining one to watch for sure. So there's our little sports portion of the program. Uh, cheer from Andrew in the background. On a sports-related uh, tangent here, or as the guys from Monty Python would say, bet that's a link. Uh, one of my favorite news photos from the year occurred in the Financial Times October 20th of uh, 2014. Runners mask the effects of Beijing smog. And um, the brief little article is uh, as follows. Heavy pollution 
forced many of the tens of thousands of runners in the 34th Beijing International Marathon to don face masks and use wet sponges during the race in the Chinese capital. Some participants in the race used gas masks, as Beijing's environmental center said that the air quality was, quote, severely polluted, close quote, the most serious rating in China's measure of air quality. I guess one notch up from severely polluted must mean you're going to die if you breathe this air. The article continues, such a level of pollution comes with a warning for children, the elderly and the ill to stay indoors and for everyone to avoid outdoor activities. Like, for example, running in a marathon where you're stressing your physical shell to its utmost limits in severely polluted air. Why this would be a good idea for anyone to do, even the healthy and most fit individual, um, seems to me bizarre, uh, to say the least. The photo in question amuses me for a couple of reasons. First of all, you see lots of people in this crowd running with uh, the masks on. And of course, as you stress your body, you breathe deeper, you breathe harder. So these pollutants are, you know, you can filter some of them out with the mask, but I don't think you can filter them all out when your cardiovascular is pumping that long over that many miles. But the woman in the foreground of this photo is uh, cruising along. She's got her face breath mask protector. It's not a gas mask, just one of those little surgical mask things. Uh, but she's holding her smartphone up to her face as she runs. So in other words, she's on this marathon run, which is what, 24 miles, 26 miles, something like that. Uh, but her focus, and who knows if she's checking her emails or if she's looking at the severely polluted uh, air quality weather report. But as I just, you know, came back on the highway from Detroit this afternoon, a lot of spontaneous lane changes due to people uh, too busy checking their smartphones while they make lane changes or before they check to see if the lane is clear. This woman's focus uh, throughout the course of her long-distance run is uh, about half of her arm's length. And uh, it's troubling the extent to which this sort of behavior is becoming the norm as youngsters uh, grow up with the technology, uh, see the behavior from those older than themselves behaving irresponsibly with uh, these you know, very convenient devices. Uh, that we all, I'm sure, enjoy using when we need to. But um, I'm still not convinced that uh, personal responsibility is quite enough to prevent people from being incredibly ignorant while driving with these things. There should be some disabling mode. Uh, you know, some phones uh, have the interactive capability that you can talk using no hands in the car, you know, if you've got that. That's convenient. But i got to get a brain damage award to the Infinity Car Company. They have an ad uh, that features a just criminally distracted driver. Uh, it shows this, you know, good-looking, curly-haired young man with your classic, my, he's rugged, 5 o'clock shadow look as he cruises through a, a busy, busy urban center, and his mind is wandering. He's thinking about, oh, did I send that email? Uh, let me check. 
And so while he's driving, he's checking his phone. But fortunately, his car has been engineered so that it can pay attention. And so it senses when he's getting too close to the car in front of him. And so it sends a little bing, bing, caution. Whoa, that was close, he says. Uh, yeah, I guess I did send that email. Well, <laughs> a sent email uh, isn't necessarily worth dying for or injuring another person severely. So why cars need to be engineered to cater to the distracted driver seems to me the, the wrong way to go. Um, don't be an idiot. Don't drive with your phone out. That's the safety tip that uh, the industry needs to uh, emphasize, I think, not uh, enabling us to be incredibly distracted while we drive a ton and a half of metal down the road well i'm probably going to wait until uh dick whaley returns from his uh family holiday visit to get into sort of top stories of the year uh kind of a list clearly guns have remained uh an incredibly uh disturbing and uh topical week-to-week -week story this uh year and i don't think sadly that there's going to be uh any decline in that as we go into 2015. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about those sort of uh, top stories of the year next week, I expect. Uh, but I do have some uh, other year-end pieces to get to here, uh, which we'll do in just a moment after a little bit more of the Max Richter here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
All right, again, that is Max Richter remixing recordings of uh, symphonic performances straight from the tapes. And that's probably one of the finer records to come out this year, 2014 being a particularly rich year in good music releases, which I'm sure all your favorite freeform DJs will be doing sort of end-of-the-year fave programming as well here on WCBN. By the way, stay tuned. After this program, Yazoo City Calling is up, the uh, sort of historical survey of the origins of America's most pure musical form, the blues. And uh, Weston will be hosting tonight. We're very lucky to have him down here, a young scholar of the blues. Um, he'll be taking the airwaves uh, when this program's done at 7 o'clock. Well, uh, I mentioned guns, of course, as uh, one of the top stories of the year. Ebola and the panic uh, reaction to it, um, completely out of proportion to the actual threat posed to American citizens. Guns, <laughs> clearly way more dangerous than Ebola, but uh, the scare campaign in the media about Ebola and travel to Africa, uh, certainly way out of proportion. Uh, medical marijuana has become increasingly uh, widespread legal acceptance thereof. I think 27 states it's now legal. Four states it's completely legal straight up, even for recreational purposes. Which takes me to an interesting uh, statistic from the Harper's Index that I think uh, is very telling and explains why this is a good trend. Uh, the average percentage change in the rate of painkiller overdose deaths two years after a state legalizes medical marijuana, down 25%. Uh, people are just looking for something to cut the edge. It's impossible to uh, OD on that particular substance, although if you eat too much, you can have a little bit of a panic attack. It's true. Uh, there's been some interesting columns on the New York Times about that. Uh, Willie Nelson stepped in to uh, talk somebody down from their uh, reaction to having consumed uh, too much. Um, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the air. But uh, since I've got this uh, Harper's Index page out here, I'm going to share this football-related uh, statistic. A uh, portion of former NFL players expected to get dementia due to the you know, high number of head injuries uh, they suffer over a lengthy career, which goes back to youth football through college and into the pros. Uh, according to a report prepared for the league, three in 10 pro football players can expect to end up with dementia. Wow. Uh, one third. You know, yeah, those guys make uh, big money. Some of them have very short careers. Usually it's uh, injury-related uh, shortenings. But uh, that's a dangerous gig if you've got a one-in-three chance of uh, ending up with dementia due to the kinds of injuries that you've uh, been exposed to. Uh, let's go to this clipping from, uh, again, the October uh, 20th edition of the Financial Times. These are some things that I've been sitting on for a little while. Uh, this is an interesting one because it has to do with the aging demographic. 
Uh, by the year 2050, those aged over 65 will outnumber children under five. Uh, this, of course, has all sorts of implications for society at large. Uh, but industry, since it needs to plan ahead, um, needs to accommodate uh, these shifts in demographics in order to stay competitive. And uh, Ford Motors is uh, one of these companies that's trying to uh, tap into the growing market of wealthy over-60s by developing a driving seat that can detect a potential heart attack and bring the car safely to a stop. Uh, this is by Henry Foy and Andrew Ward. The global spending power of the now elderly baby boomer generation who have more money, live longer, and are more active than their parents will reach $15 trillion. By 2020, Euro Monitor has forecast consumption spending among those aged 60 and over rose 50% faster than those under 30. In the past two decades, no surprise there, those under 30 are struggling to get the professional jobs that once paid considerably better. For example, teaching. Uh, you know, often a, a respected job, well, it may be in other countries. Uh, in this country, teachers are uh, often attacked by the political right wing as having a liberal agenda. I think largely because uh, the primary function of a teacher is to ensure that there's room in a classroom for respectful discourse and uh, to allow everyone to have their say and, of course, to instruct in basic skills and curricula, uh, but to give every student an opportunity to feel comfortable uh, sharing and articulating their opinions. And... Um, some people are just not interested in debate or discussion, and so therefore we probably should attack teachers. Uh, but as teachers' pay is undermined by cuts in benefits, uh, you know, my heart goes out to any uh, young graduate just going into a teaching career. You're never going to make as much as I did when I got into the teaching profession a little late in the game, uh, both in age and as the... Uh, pay had already uh, seen significant decline. It took me just a few years to go straight up to the top of the pay scale relative to my level of education. And uh, once I got a master's degree, you know, that gave me a raise. Uh, but the only way for me to get a raise at that point was to get another degree. And that's a very costly process in money and in time. It just wasn't in the cards. So I think even uh, a young person starting today, even with a master's degree, is not going to make what I was making 10 years ago. Um, this uh, article in the Financial Times uh, folds out into several charts and graphs, which uh, are interesting. They show that the lower fertility rates in industrialized nations, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, UK, and the U.S., all have negative population growths. Uh, the replacement rate is 2.1. Uh, so it says here, lower fertility rates in the developed world are now also apparent in the larger emerging economies with growing middle classes. Um, India has an adequate uh, replacement rate, fertility above the level needed to maintain the population. Nations face a shortage of younger workers and consumers. 
And so countries that are emerging with a surplus replacement rate are Brazil, China, India, Indonesia, Mexico, Russia, and Turkey. Uh, of these, of course, we've talked numerous times about the problems uh, facing China and India as uh, growing and expanding economies. The population bases there are so huge, uh, and the infrastructural uh, capabilities to keep up with that growth are, as we can see from the severely polluted air in China, not necessarily uh, top-notch. So who knows how long they will uh, be economic growers uh, before that sort of all falls apart on them. Brazil, I think, has probably a better chance. Russia, who knows, because the current... Uh, Oil prices are, as we talked about last week, probably uh, largely engineered to uh, inhibit the growth of Russia's economy. So it's a little hard to uh, predict the future there. We'll see how long these prices stay this low. Um, uh, since I've been talking a little bit about teachers and wages here and... Um, Younger workers not able to find jobs with the kind of pay that their parents enjoyed. Uh, I'm going to play you a short little something here that was mailed to this radio station in April 2013. It's just been laying around, and I find this worthy of a brain damage award or even a maybe special uh, a BS award. It's uh, pre-recorded promotional announcements, sort of PSAs that, you know, you hear throughout the broadcast day on this and all radio stations. Um, this is a good example of uh, complete fabrication and lies. It's from something called the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation in Virginia. Why should they care about workers in Michigan? Well, the unions uh, have been under attack for a number of years uh, by the Big captains of uh, industry and uh, the media, of course, has played along with this. Uh, teachers unions, uh, some of the last strong unions. Uh, but let's, let's listen to a moment of this. It's a short announcement. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but let's hear what they have to say. As a public school teacher, I have to make every dollar of my salary count. So when I learned that Michigan's new right-to-work law gives me the right not to pay dues to a union I don't belong to, I decided to do something. I contacted the National Right-to-Work Foundation for free legal assistance. They have decades of experience helping employees who don't want to be forced into a union. Call the National Right-to-Work Foundation toll-free at 800-336-3600. Well, you can contact them if you really feel compelled to, but you don't need to anymore because although uh, Rick Snyder said, oh, turning Michigan into a right-to-work state is not on my agenda, that's what they did. He did an end run around his own uh, utterance and around the will of the people of Michigan. Um, all I can say about that announcement is this. Uh, your union dues were never that much. And if you ever had problems with uh, a violation of your contract, the union was your only hope. In my penultimate year of teaching, I was given a ridiculous assignment. I, was, uh, I had over 200 students. Contractually, I was obligated, uh, usually, uh, according to the actual language of the contract, uh, somewhere between 135 and 100. 
60. Uh, so this was uh, an entire extra group of students that I was responsible for. Basically, it was like being told by your boss, you're going to work Saturdays too, but we can't pay you. Well, if it hadn't been for the union, I would have been compelled to work that schedule. So wherever they found that actor to pretend to be a young teacher who didn't want to pay the union dues, all I can say from my personal experience is the union dues were actually worth it because when I needed them, they were there to protect my rights as an employee. So thanks, Governor Snyder, for being a liar. And uh, I guess... I'll remind everybody that these are merely my opinions and reflect the views not of WCBN or the licensees of this radio station, but merely myself, James Dwyer, co-host of Gray Matters and uh, citizen of the state of Michigan, a place that I love a very great deal. Well, it's 7 o'clock, and I don't want to take up any of your blues time, so thanks for listening to Gray Matters. We'll be back next week with Dick Whaley and the entire... Uh, group of uh, Gray Matters Brain Damage Award lists. Stay tuned. Yazoo City, coming up next. <laughs>